Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. professional wrestling we like professional wrestling too this is shake them ropes i am jeff hawkins joined as always by a person who likes making fun of cancer patients chris novembrino <laughs> look here's the thing uh, the last three weeks jeff you've been really milking this oh, and, and, and and i, I chris, think a lot of people have chris, been very t- chris, sorry. Why are you being critical of a sick man you're not sick anymore, Hawkins. I, I am being, sick. No. no, you've recovered. You're you're totally <laughs> no. fine now. No, no, no. You're on top of the world. There's no <laughs> more punch. No, there's no more punches that are gonna be pulled anymore. The era. Uh, you, you you come on here, Hawkins, and you try to get the simpy of the people, but you will not be getting any simpy from Dur- me, sir. Dirty hippie communist Chris Novembrino picks on sick man. <laughs> Totally fine. Totally, <laughs> totally fine with that. I, I, I have no no notes on that Chris, presentation. Chris, you can't criticize me. I'm sick. No, I, no just to give you all an update. Uh, low-grade, non-invasive, papillary, urethral carcinoma, a.k.a. bladder cancer. Uh, good news is low-grade, non-invasive. Uh, bad news is got to monitor it for a while, and I got to go back and get another cystoscopy in three months. That was that was nothing but fun and games. That was that was a joy to behold. Please Google it by all means. You'll you'll see what fun it is. But again, good news, low grade, non invasive. I should take this glass half full victory. But Chris, I am I am quite upset. I, I went to, I went down to the local uh, liquor store to get a uh, beverage of some kind, and I well, a, was it an alcoholic beverage? It was Did not an alcoholic go- beverage. Oh, so you went to the liquor store. To buy something that was not alcohol. To buy a soda, yes. Uh-huh. Well, it's okay. a more of a bodega kind of thing than an mm, alcohol star per se. Because well, because their 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 liquor store is is you know small bottles, medium bottles, and the occasional large bottles, which I don't think they sell to anybody because of the upcharge. But I I went to get a a, a diet soda because I am a man of the diet sodas type, and I got a Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, and I opened it, and I took a taste, and then I looked at the expiration date. And the expiration date is February 14th, 2022. So, it, so you're saying that the sugar-free soda tasted bad. Oh, it, well, I mean, how, I expect, how could you tell? I expect a poor taste. I don't expect a rancid taste when I drink with these things. And, and, and much like you in farmer's markets, I, I am all against the mom-and-pop convenience store of all kinds because there's no quality control in the inventory. It's just it's going to sit there until they sell it. You, you probably have chips in those stores that are about eight years old <laughs> and, and probably because of the preservatives, it's okay. But you know, 
give me 7-Eleven. Give no, me no, uh, counterpoint. Counterpoint. Give me 7-Eleven. I cannot get a Lucy. I could go down to my mom, Pa Bodega, and slide them 50 cents account across the counter and get myself a loose cigarette. Sir, that's freedom. I used to sell cigarettes at gas stations. I never encountered the Lucy's, which is very weird. They, they, they're definitely out there. I know they're there. I know people. You come, you come visit my, my beautiful part of the city sometime. <laughs> I will happily show you again, where all the loose is going You sell, you probably go to convenience stores where they purposely open cigarette places to sell Lucy's <laughs> for the upcharge. Yeah. yeah. That's probably what it is. Yeah, they, right? no, they, they definitely now that I think do. About it. They, they definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I never saw any of these cigarette. Con- oh, here's the, here's oh the thing, okay. Here's the thing, Hawkins. Naive At Hawkins. 7-Eleven. Yeah, naive Hawkins. At 7-Eleven, Hawkins, you got to walk into the store to buy goods, right? Yes. At the mom-pa shops, it's crazy, Jeff. If I go up to the storefront, there are people out front trying to sell me stuff way before I even go in through the doors. And you're telling me that that's not convenient. <laughs> As I weed my way through the people who are trying to sell me cigarettes and chips that they just bought there. And also the the, the 16-year-old who, hey, mister, will you buy us some beer? <laughs> The, those people, yeah, they they yeah. are also they, they are also selling products. Chris yeah, only goes to the finest establishments to buy. I know where all the best parts of town are. <laughs> always have, always will. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm imagining Chris just one day waking up and going, "Nope, there has to be a limiting principle." <laughs> no, sir, I will not buy beer for you and your hoodlum friends. Well, and that is I, against the law. I, I don't do okay. I don't I don't buy booze for teenagers, but that has a lot more to do with my general uh ambivalent to negative view on alcohol. Hold on, would you buy them if they knew a good weed hookup for you? I mean <laughs> How good is this connect? <laughs> and see here's the, that Jeff what you just illustrated there is the exact reason why marijuana needs to be legal people Commerce. like she, people like me should not be put into moral quandaries <laughs> like that on a day-to-day basis and that's that's the problem with unjust laws in this country people <laughs> oh, I this is, a, is this still a wrestling show uh, yeah it is uh, okay uh, all right uh-huh. we we get, we get, we on that. no let's do let's do uh some wrestling okay yeah uh once again thank you to everybody who reached out for information and stuff but like you that. can stop now he's fine <laughs> uh also dropping this week new episode of high wattage for all yeah, eight of our back. patreon subscribers but if you want to do that drop a buck listen to it it's uh patreon.com slash shake them ropes all one word all proceeds go to chris nova and brino for the editing he no longer does on this show. Uh, the, the exciting part here, the exciting part on this week's episode, not only do we have Steve Austin. Tony not Zane only, was the exciting part to me. Tony Zane, super exciting, dynamic dude. Uh, <laughs> not, not to be confused with the dynamic dudes. Arn Anderson on there. And then, of course, the, the tease for the next episode of High Watch, out soon, I'm sure, really? uh, is, is the mystery of who stole Eric Watts' fan award. Uh, this this is very exciting, Jeffrey. Um, I, how many wrestlers can you think of off the top of your head? Probably seven or eight. Not a single <laughs> one of them has won a fan award. Not a single one of them in, uh, in your mind, whether you're thinking of Nick Bockwinkle or 
Tony Dingus or who, whoever it might be. The fans didn't love those people like they loved Eric Watts. Yeah, there was and only the, one voter for that fan award, and it was Bill Watts. I'm pretty sure. I think it was more than that. I think that you you can look out in the audience and you can just you can see these these children crying as their man walks to the ring, crying. It's beautiful. Uh, so next on the next episode, we're going to get to the bottom of who stole Eric Watts's fan award. And, and hopefully we will see them brought to justice in the ring. But uh, in the interim, you guys can kind of get the setup for that. Arn Anderson, Steve Austin, and of course, the great inimitable Tony Zane. Inimitable is a great Inimitable. Word. Top story. Not yet a story. Oddly enough, looks like Raw on USA going from TV PG to TV 14 was an internal memo that got released by one Andrew Zarian saying that would be starting on Monday, but it does not look like that was a finalized version of it. But yes, it looks like our our TV PG era is over. This was not the problem (laughs) at any time. It was the scripting. It was the TV show. Look, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get an occasional Cody blade job. I think, I think Cody wants a little bit of blood in his wrestling angles and that's fine. And you're going to get a couple more main event swear words as Rhonda gets to call somebody a bitch or something. Uh, rating was never the problem to me. It gives them a little bit more creative license. But it's one of those things. But you'd have to be creative in order to really make I, usage of a creative. I sound license. like a prude when I say this, and I don't mean it this way. But there is some, there is some validity to the criticism that hey, if you can't write it clean, it's not going to be any better when you write it dirty either. Um, yeah, I, no, I, I, I think maybe the flip of that is like you got to earn your swear words, right? And yeah. like so, so often. The way WWE oh, yes. writes it, it is they literally write the same sentence they would have written anyways, put a comma at the end of it instead of a period, and then go, bitch. Yes, so, they yeah, use yeah, bitch it, as the period. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, that's not actually interesting. Uh, no. You know, yeah, like, and I was, I was riffing with Jeff on this for a while. It's like, it's not like... You know, whether you can say suck or ass or shit in any combination of those, um, it, it's not like that alone opens you up to great writing. Um, you know, if, if you go, I'm going to shit on your ass, that's not like a hot angle all of a sudden. So maybe, don't maybe, maybe you have to be about these. <laughs> like, that's just like not a hot angle or anything. And, 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 no. and there's, there's literally no angle that you can think of. Um, that would go from being kind of lukewarm to cold to being hot if someone actually, you know, said what I just said there. You know, yes. as, as like, yeah, it's just not, that's not the problem. The problem is week to week writing. Um, well, it's I, also that they've actively avoided heat. They actively run away from anything that might be seen as, that might make people squirm or might make a advertiser a little bit nervous here and there. And I don't think they're going to continue to not go into that. I think they're just going to, okay, we'll add a swear word here or God knows last time they went TV 14. I think it was, am I going too far back to say the HLA stuff? I think I am, but you know, we need to sex it up a little bit, you know, and it'll be the cheap kind of crap too. It won't be, you know, it won't be like an interesting romantic tale. It'll be, you know, 
some weird, <laughs> some finding, weird projection of Vince get, McMahon's treatment of women. Yep, finding a way to get breasts mostly on screen or an ass mostly on screen. Like like that. that is, I mean, that's going to be the other part of the TV 14 thing. And like, yes, to your point, um, the Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson stuff was not like some like red hot angles. They were just, you know, good looking women who Vince would have dressed in as little clothing as possible. Yes. And, and my fear about that part of the TV 14 is look, this women's division for its terrible booking at times is still full of very talented female wrestlers. And once you look, it is a cosmetic business. But once you reduce them to kind of objectivism versus in, ter- in terms of their stories versus, say, you know, their ability to beat somebody in a feud and to build heat in that feud so that once you get a payoff of that feud, then people will cheer for it because you've released all the tension. Then you're just you're going to end up undermining about half your product and you're going to turn off a lot of fans. I think you're going to bring some fans. Don't get me wrong. This won't turn off all the fans this would turn on quite a few of them but you know objectifying a few members of the roster lose fans right like like just because you make certain ones way more energized like if you bring up mandy mandy rose and uh she seems to me to be like the clear winner uh, of this like tv 14 thing as like i'm thinking about because it's like it, it, once you start introducing this tv 14 prism to the women's division i i'm with you dude they're Women are going to be, rightly or wrongly, assessed on bodily attributes. Are their breasts big enough? What does their butt look like? And, like, if you don't think this stuff isn't happening, let me tell you about a person named Tony Storm. Um, like, like this already was there. Um, it, it's just going to be even more of that now. Or Mercedes Martinez is another good example. Well, uh, there, there, will be, there will be a dichotomy. There will be, there will be, we are saving these people to be stars in the wrestling way. And then these are our sex objects. But they'll want to belt the sex object. Oh, and I think they want, will. Have it. Yeah. They'll, they'll want the women who are workers to be there to carry the sex objects. Carmella's going to get another run. <laughs> Although I like Carmella. I do. Yeah, I do. no, I, 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 I didn't want to slide Carmella just because I, I didn't want. Yeah. I didn't mean I know, to slide I, her that way. But, I, I don't, I don't think she's untalented like that. No, I, 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 I do I, not. Yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, um, I, she I is, think, she is a perfectly competent mid card female wrestler yeah like, and and and, solid and, game, of, yeah. and game for the stupid as well yeah yeah and, and yeah she's got a good sense of humor too yeah she's yeah. funny yeah, she's yeah funny, i did so. that that was not meant to be a slag and i apologize if it seemed as it was no I, other it, i mean no. okay go ahead what no you no saying? you no, you go ahead it, it, it's just that all, all i had was just like i i worry about the women's division even more than the men's division yes. in the wake of this tv 14 yes, thing I, I do too all out tickets went on sale today and everything in the pre-sale sold out immediately. Chicago still hot or Chicago adjacent. <laughs> I believe it's uh Schaumburg or Aurora Hills. I can't remember where the actual stadium is, but yes, they have not killed the town yet. Chris, the, the labor day spectacular going to go on and it seems to be a hot ticket. Hey, that's awesome. Um, you know, uh, you and I were talking at length about ticket scalping beforehand. So yes. I, I do sort of anticipate every show sort of more or less being sold out uh, for rightly or wrongly. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to gauge interest just because there's such a secondary market now these days and bots make it so easy. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's great. They, they, they have, it seems like they're starting to really set up 
Chicago as their home base. It's essentially Chicago versus New York. Chicago kind of being their Greensboro. If yep. you're doing this as a Crockett type territory with Atlanta kind of being one <clears throat> B when they yep. bought out the Georgia territory. I, I think, yeah. And I think the secondary thing for them will be Jacksonville kind of. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They've, they've got Chicago and Jacksonville as their, as their home territories. Um, not bad places, not bad places by any stretch. Um, California that, still kind of pricey to run at times. They still, right. have, they still have Vegas too. They're going to run double or nothing. There. They have Vegas too. They, 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 they've now set up three cities. That they've got pretty solid relationships with and, and, and established, you know, sort of vibe with um, that, that I think will hold them in good stead. So I like pay-per-views. I mean, look, I like the thought of, okay, this event pay-per-view is going to happen in this city. I don't mind that. I know a lot of people do. A lot of people will be like, well, why don't you do like, okay, why don't we bring double or nothing to LA or San Francisco or Seattle or whatever? I kind of like, you know, certain destination vacations and then having the event around that where the event is not just the only thing as well. Like I I love, I love when WrestleMania is in Orlando because there's a lot to do in Orlando. Ain't Jack to do in Dallas for the most part, but there's a lot to do in Orlando. That hurts, Jeff. That hurts. I mean, oh, it's true. Yes, it's I'm, it's true, but I'm it's a sick still. Man, you can't criticize me. Oh, you're not sick anymore. <laughs> You've recovered, and you're just trying to like. Chris, this, this soda is getting worse. I might be sick sooner than later. Uh, that's a self-inflicted wound. No one yes. has to have any. Yes, but I feel like it, it's it, it's. No, Tony Blanchard ain't gonna give you a cameo because you <laughs> sipped a bad soda, Jeff. <laughs> hey, Jeff, it's your old pal Tully. Heard okay, you had oh. a nasty Mountain Dew. <laughs> Touche. Really noted. Although it's the principle of the thing, I bought it actually had to finish it. Uh, BW Insider reporting today on the former grizzled young veterans. What's the name of their ridiculous God. tag team? Oh, we work for Joe Gacy. We work for Joe Gacy. No, there's some weird thing that means cult. That is the name of their. Thing. Oh, uh, they're like the abyss, or I, I forget. Like uh, that was like the, the schism. The schism. Yes. Schism, yeah. Uh, Zach Gibson will be known as Rip Fowler and James Drake will be known as Jagger Reed going forward. So if you hate Zach Gip or if you hate Rip Fowler, take your shoe off. It's God. It was like, God. like a Giovanni Vinci thing. It's like, we know who they are. They've been on TV for years. What are we doing? I know. And like the, 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 um, like really, like, especially the audience there, like they know who these people are. They're established entities, um, with, with goal. Like it's one thing to rebrand someone who has not won a single belt yet. Right. But like, it's so freaking weird that WWE slash NXT is now into this trend of like, trying to make like gaslight you that you've never seen Jordan Devlin before in your life or gaslight you that you've never seen um, Fabian Eichner. Yeah. Or a kid who's that's a kid as that. Yeah. Yeah. As axiom. Yeah. And I I heard the voice and it's like, Oh, they put a kid. kid, Hey, I know him. Right. Yeah. No, these are all former champions that we are talking about who have been repacked. It's again, it's not like a, an initial, you know, well, the dumpster NXT, Drozzi being NXT repackaged. NXT champions, do they really count in the vernacular? No, I feel you, but but especially after they held the belt for like months and months and months. Like, yeah, I know. If it was like a two-week NXT UK reign, I'd be like, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But like when, when you made the guy the belt vanguard, 
for like six and a half months or like what Devlin was like champion for almost a year, right? Devlin was a champion for a while. A kid had that uh what is it, the Commonwealth it, Cup or whatever. Oh yeah, the Heritage Cup. Yeah, Heritage yeah, the Heritage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a, and he's like a featured focus of that. And he show. was on a he was on an NXT takeover because he's in that great four way with uh Swerve Strickland and uh that's right. That's yeah, right. For the, the two hundred five belt. So that thing. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I just. I can't. It just. Ba- it just. Ba- no. Right. And like Joe Gacy. Here's continues. Alba Fire. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, with a basketball. But, uh, Alba Fire with the basketball. And initially, she came out and called herself the Forever Champ, and then they made her have to get rid of that. And and it really begs the question: like, what the hell was her being champion? For like over like what a year and a half, almost two years. Like, what was the point of that? Yeah, you just like like literally just it. it it's weird because like I don't care enough about this show to get like actively angry, but every so often I'll think about a certain thing that they're doing or whatever, and I'll just be like, you know, what the f? I'll like literally just like scream it at the screen. Well, like, like, uh, it, it's funny you say that because this uh, that's the end of our news segment. There's not a lot of news this week. You know, the ratings were pretty good for everybody. Well, let's just leave it at that. So we're going into the lazy river of wrestling criticism, and I want to start with NXT. Yeah, it sounds, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Because let me tell you something. This Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade breakup is the worst turn I think I've seen in the history of wrestling. I, they've, they've been tag champions for one week. They have never actually shown that Cora Jade is Roxanne Perez's best friend. They've just said it a lot. And and and, and to hear because Shawn Michaels did a did an interview on this. No, nor did him. they establish that she was jealous of Roxanne Perez. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They never they, there was never a tension there. There yeah. looks over weeks or months where it's like you feel resentful. We've all had falling out with friends. This is not an instant thing that happens usually. It is something that builds up over time. And then you look back on it and go, yeah, that guy was a jerk all along, even though you're probably the one at fault. But nevertheless, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like they're the tag champs one week. It's the dream to hold titles and we're going to crush them. And then all of a sudden she's beaten up Roxanne Perez in the parking lot, the infamous security list parking lot of NXT. And I just I like, and to hear Shawn Michaels, well, you know, NXT 2.0 is like a shark tank where, you know, it's every person for, it's a stupid WWE morality thing that they always do where it's like, you don't really have friends. You just have people you use on your way to the top, because why would you want to have friends who are supportive and want to root for that when you could just, and all women hate each other. So let's just stab everybody in the back in this week. <laughs> Could not believe uh, this. And that, and that logic is really, I mean, it's dumb reverse engineering logic anyways, but it's like really strange because you never see this really, generally speaking, with tag champions, right? Like tag teams, they trust each other, their partners. Yes. The exception to the rule is... It, well, yeah, and they, like occasionally, like you know, you'll have like the oh, one guy might break up on the other guy type of thing, and, and usually that's like that's an exception to the rule sort of story because the presumption is you guys have a mutual interest. You guys are working yes. together. Yeah, you're working together I, to achieve a mutual goal. They can't tell this story. It's like oh, we're guys who didn't like each other, but hey, we gel together as a tag team, and we actually can. We're actually good at this. And we come to put aside our differences to go after the titles and go after the money. Nope. 
It's so silly that they don't see any value in that because I think for a viewer, a lot of times, like a thing that we do enjoy is watching two guys who hated each other unite together for a common goal and like work together. You know, we enjoy people like rooting for people who like each other and achieve goals. This may seem odd to you in team sports or as a company that does not appreciate team sports as much as regular sports fans, but a likable team who goes all the way as opposed to a cynically put together butt team under a salary cap of some sort. People love that. People love an underdog story. People love a good young, fresh thing as opposed to the thing that, that, that the league or whatever wants to push down your throat. They like these things. You know what? It also helps. It helps heal face dynamics because God knows if you're watching this and the two people you're supposed to like, can't get along with each other. How the hell are you supposed to cheer for them? This was the problem with the, uh, Io Shirai. Um, Oh yeah. Io Shirai. And, uh, what's her name? Uh, man, she's been, I, memory I keep thinking of, <laughs> I want to say female Ron Garvin and I can't think of anything else about that. Cause that's how I branded her, but yeah, they're yeah, supposed it, to be coming back soon. Oh God. I can't remember her name. But, I mean, those moment. vignettes yeah. were terrible. Yep. They were because, whole, because they were, they were really vaguely bad. racist yep. and they, they may both seem unlikable. They never gave up on the bit of we, I mean, all they said was, we hate you. We hate each other. We hate each other. We hate each other. It was never giving in, you know, e- a little bit of never had a moment of clarity, right? Yes. Like, 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 like what needed to happen there is that what's her name needed to slowly win over EO. Um, and, and they were trying to do that, but I mean, like, EO has to eventually arrive at a point where she's legitimately friends with the person that she's tag partners with. Like it, it just, let me find this name. Cause I can't find it. I know it's driving me crazy. Zoe Stark. There's Zoe the Stark. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, yeah, I know you're thanking yourself there. You, yeah, you came up I, with the answer, but yeah, no, um, every part of this, <laughs> no, every part of this was bad, right? Like it was core Jade's acting backstage, which, I, I I didn't even know the result yet. I was like, oh God. I I remember actually like saying, I'm like, oh turning. She's, she's turning. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, like I was like, like, whoa, they're actually gonna turn her. She's totally turning. My, um, my favorite was the camera outside the trainer's room, and everybody's making these big, large actions with their hands and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, really overselling the the drama of it as opposed to, you know, acting like trainers. <laughs> it was it was um, bad all the way down. Cora, Jade, and Roxanne have never established any chemistry together um, as friends. We don't love them as friends. It's not going to hurt us to see them fighting. Um, we've never established that Cora Jade has a bitter self-serving streak in any way, shape, or form. We never established any eyes askance things. Um, the closest they were able to get, I mean... I core Jade won an opportunity against Mandy Rose for the title, but like it all, I mean, beyond everything else, it makes no sense that core Jade needs another belt. She just won one last week. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she's one week out from winning a title and now she needs a singles title too, which I guess on one hand you could say is uh, the quintessential heel thing, but like, that's just never been established as any part of her personality. Yeah. Um, and, and Roxanne going for the title, I, I think the other big problem here is no one actually believed that she was going to win. So when Cora Jade costs her the belt, it's not heartbreaking either because it didn't seem like she was going to win it up front. Yeah, she was a fool. To, <laughs> she, 
she should be allowed to not have to do the title match at this time. Although it's gutty, it's still stupid to come down with right. broken ribs. Right. Or she should have been, or she, I mean, the other thing is she could have handed it off to Cora Jade. Cause as far as she knew, Cora was her friend. Um, well, that's going to be the explanation. The explanation is going to be, you should have let me go in there and, and, and fight for the title because I've had two chances already. But, you know but it is. you also got this, like, I mean, I, I thought initially Cora did the attack, but I feel like the only way any of this story makes any sense is if Cora didn't do the attack, if Toxic Attraction did the attack, and then Cora just got the wild hair to capitalize on it because it wouldn't make any sense for Roxanne to come down and do the match, see Cora, know that Cora had attacked her, um, and be like, oh, I'm so glad that you're down by the ring. And then look at Cora surprised when she finally gets hit with that like weak as hell looking belt shot. Well, um, the cle- clever thing to do would, would have been to, to, to drag this out for a number of weeks. And then it turns out, it's, you know, it's Tiffany Stratton and she had to get her nails done afterwards because she ruined her manicure or something beating up uh, Roxanne out in the parking lot or something, you know? It, I, I mean, it could have been good too, to have um, Roxanne out there trying to fight Mandy Rose. Cora Jade comes out and all of a sudden Roxanne drops what she's doing and starts attacking Cora Jade. Yeah. Um, and, and that costs her the match. Um, but like what doesn't work for me is that someone else other than Cora Jade did the attack and then Cora Jade, upon seeing the attack, doesn't just go like like basically one hundred percent goes brain poisoned, mm-hmm. and is like, "Ha! Huh, now that my partner shows any sign of weakness, suddenly from the people we've been feuding from for weeks, now I see my opportunity to <laughs> capitalize on her." No, it only works if she does the attack up front. So like, there's just a lot wrong with this. Um, the blocking now. Um, the belt shot looked like crap. And what looked even worse than the belt shot, <laughs> um, the, the two things, one Roxanne looking at Cora Jade, like what just happened? What did you <laughs> um, and then at the end of the match, um, and like, yeah, Roxanne, not even mad that she just got hit confused and hurt. Oh, boo hoo. Um, yeah, be pissed. Be pissed. Yes. You should be able you should be smart enough to recognize what's going on. Yes. Um, Don't be a dumb baby face. Do you see what's happening right now? And and then the skateboard. Oh my (laughs) God. So core J goes for the skateboard. If y'all haven't seen this, she goes for this. It's a whap. Uh, Roxanne Perez with her little goofy looking pseudo longboard thing. It's not quite a skateboard. It's not quite a longboard. It's just dumb. Never trust a skateboarder who doesn't ride it down to the ring. No, it's so true. Uh, don't trust anyone who doesn't know how to ride a skateboard. Uh, and they're just carrying one around. They, they, they do not believe their lives. I forgive them a little bit for this because, you know, it's it's a prop. I get it. But at the I, same I get time- that. But then then uh, after the, it, the prop duffs it, Cora's reaction to that going wrong is to waylay the hell out of Roxanne with what remains of this. Well, now and it's be- a shoot. <laughs> yeah, no, people, this went from being like an ugly, goofy-looking thing um, that had no weight to it to looking like crap, but undoubtedly hurting like hell. Uh, because Cora Jade, or I'm sorry, uh, Roxanne Perez absolutely took the corner of this <laughs> longboard to the back of her head like multiple times and she's like holding her head at the end of it jade is all like freaked out that the gimmick prop didn't work so she needs to really lay it in and make it look real oh it looked real all right it looked like it really it looked really bad and it looked like it really hurt see and you, you juxtapose that with the the diamond mine segment which for the most part, I liked. I liked the bonding between Damon Kemp and the uh, and the Creed brothers. 
I did too. I actually think Diamond Mine's got some interesting chemistry. With, with the exception of Roddy, because Roddy's the least interesting thing now, because he's just always a jerk. And I love heel Roddy. Don't get me wrong, but this is just, this is the annoying. Uh, I, I, I don't, you know, it, it's go away for me. I'm just like, dude. Yeah, like everybody else would punch you him. in the throat right, right now. Right, right. Like at this point, it feels like Ivy the creeds and damon would have all had a convo about roddy and how he's not like them yeah, you know what i mean even, like, yeah. and even ivy has a lot of nice little depth with uh fallon henley thing going as well i mean i agree yeah, no there, I, there's, there's a nice character. there's a nice little dynamic even though look i miss stokely i do and but i mean he's 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 gone but this this entire stable and this entire thing it's like even though our leader has left <laughs> we still have this bond and here's this jerk who just won't get on the same page as the rest of us yeah and like i don't know i i mean i get you, know, you don't want to call too much attention to stokely being gone um i think like honestly like a bunch of young former athletes at like a high school and collegiate level getting together at their first professional junction and trying to keep some of that collegiate like yeah. energy or whatever it makes total sense as a faction works as a baby face because they're hard workers they're all about teamwork and you know like trying to build and development and grind and hustle also works as as a heel faction that these guys are unrelenting you know purity we want the best uh we we, we you know cut out the weak all uh, it works in either direction ivy's been really nicely developed out as a character here um and i actually thought that that like continued this week with the tatum paxley stuff um like, like i i think ivy's oh it's tatum ivy's, paxley not uh fallon henley you're right not fallon henley yeah tim paxley who who uh beat beat caden carter here no no i i think i mean i just the I think weird if, names just are all right that's the other i mean dude like that yeah rip rip jagger and tatum paxley and you know <laughs> Bingo Bongo, like, like all all these people, Zion Quinn, like Vaughn Vaughn uh, Wagner. Wagner these names suck. Like like if you just like put like all of these NXT names up and you go like, do you want to see a show with Vaughn Wagner going up against Zion Quinn? You'd be like, I don't know. Let's feel like weird bands or something. You know, as opposed to like Ray the Crippler Stevens. I mean, I'll watch a show with a guy like that. And Von Wagner is like, that just sounds like, you know, yeah. a Dutch paint or something. That it... A weird Van Halen name. Uh, yeah, Van Halen cover band or something. Although yeah, I yeah. admit, Von Wagner sounded like his old man this week. I'm just like, it's, it's like, oh, it's a charismaless Wayne Bloom. How does that happen? I'll tell you what, uh, I was watching um, NXT on 1.25 speed. Vaughn Wagner promos, I, I was chuckling, <laughs> way better at 1.25 than they are at his, like, ultra-slow 1.0 speed. Yeah, although <laughs> although I admit, I, the, the part of the promo that got me was uh, Vaughn Wagner being sick of hearing about people's accolades outside of wrestling. I was like, thank God, because that's all this is, is... is NXT 2.0 is that is that run of uh, WWE where they decided to give everybody like an occupation. Yes, yes, no. It's Duke the Jumpster Drossy era, you know, very the, much without without anybody doing the goon gimmick, which I'm still like they made they made Bill Irwin put fake skates on the bottom of his boots. And I loved Bill Irwin in a, in a in a weird way. Just, Bill Irwin was a very fun personality in the middle of the card. Yeah, I he mean, he was a great, he was a a great w, WCW heel when he came over there to fight yeah. Sting a couple. He was, he was sneaky tall. 
Yep. You know, and he had a great boots and he had the whip thing going. I adore Bill Irwin. He was one of the best to watch. Uh, and he he got a lot of burn in global championship wrestling. Yes, global too. and and world world champ yeah, and WCCW. Yeah, yeah. I, he and his brother. Yeah, I, I really like them a lot. All right, I am done with my NXT thoughts. If you have any others, add them or go on to something else, please. No, I I, I mean, jeez, uh, God, the D'Angelo family stinks. Um, like like it, it it's like Tony's Tony's the only interesting thing in the D'Angelo family but this angle is just death for all four of them yeah it, it yeah. it's this gang warfare from uh was it the uh early aughts, or, for, or from yeah, the late yeah. 90s when Russo yeah. did you know bikers versus black people versus Hispanics thing it's yeah it's it's fun. I'll, I'll say this JC Jane's still the best part of toxic attraction oh yeah not she's even close. fantastic with her with her character work. I'm, 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 in, I, I watch her as opposed to everybody else in, in group. And it's just, she does little things so well. I, I, I can't believe I've done this big of a 180 on somebody, but yeah. And, and, yeah. No, well, yeah. JC, yeah. JC Jane's great. Uh, I, I, I think very highly of her. Would love to see her do other things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and Carmel Hayes and Trick Williams. I just feel like th- this is another character that they have inadvertently um and i think a lot of it's like carmelo and trick sort of guidance on this um they have found an interesting multi-dimensional personality um in this carmelo the main roster will not get this act no they won't get it they won't get it at all it's a damn shame because like black people as friends (laughs) this yes and like guys who are they've got egos it doesn't make them dicks um but it doesn't make them good guys either Like, like yeah they just like sit right in this middle um and and they can be they will, they will push the wrong half of this duo yep they'll 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 think trick is the guy and it's yeah. it, it, and and he's not bad but it's all mellow um like uh no it it's a damn shame because this to me is very much in the year 2022 a modern ivy nile would be another good example a modern fully formed multi-dimensional wrestling character who works as a good guy and a bad guy because they have motivations that are not just do good or yes, do they, evil. these are not moral motivations they want to yes. make money and it right. doesn't matter how they make money they have goals it's they not even goals. just this, yeah it's not even just about money right like it's like goals like with the with the diamond mine it's about getting titles they're gym stuff. class bullies they're, that's who they are they you yeah. know they, they can beat up the other bullies but they can also beat up the good kids as well so you can put them wherever you want on them yeah, you know, I know. I just I like I, I they're just in it think... for themselves. They're in it only for themselves. And whoever comes against them is fine, be it face or heel. I like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I, again, I, I think, you know, as you were saying, too, friends are not a bad thing, whether yeah. it's Trick and Mellow or it's the Diamond Mine people working together. Um, in order to get the a... brass ring, damn it, you have to stab your friends in the back. Right, right. No, it, it's just it. it it's dumb. Uh, it, it's real dumb. Um, like and. Indy Hartwell feels really, really adrift. Like this Indy Hartwell Ooh. last night, boy. And, and same Ooh. thing with poor Duke Hudson. Duke I'd Hudson turn off my off. phone if I were both of them. Duke Hudson's an interesting one because the, uh, I guess the uh, domestic abuse things uh, were, were dropped. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill and so he's back here 
he was not he was not the uh perpetrator he was, he was no he wasn't the, he was yeah right he was the subject yeah 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 that's interesting and though. yeah and he's adrift a little bit i mean that 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 match oh that's who i want uh sanga sanga's great yeah he is he's a sanga character he's... is great and it's like they have these guys in indus sheer him and uh veer mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. and then individually they're fantastic how did they miss as a team I don't know, right? Yeah, I know. It really, it really is this thing where it's like, um, both these dudes have personality. Yes. How do they miss as a, they missed as a team? Bluntly, because WWE only saw that they're Indian dudes, Indian, yeah, and, and, and didn't actually think about like, okay, what makes you know the tall? You know, in the case of Sangha, Sangha's got a great personality. He's a he has he's, he's a vibrant, vibrant he, he yes reaches out vibrant. of the stream yes vibrant's yes. a great word for him yeah yeah he's he's vibrant and likable the crowd loves him they you know uh, it, it's just it's so obvious to me and with like veer mahan it's like okay the guy's like like a baseball I, I just it's they they think they need swear words and what they need to do is actually see characters Death. as depth and yeah. needing depth right veer mahan should be a guy who is a pitcher um, you could even come up with a story for like why he's become insanely intense in the wake of leaving his baseball yes, career or why yeah. he became a professional wrestler in the wake of leaving baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, like you, do, I could beat people up for money as opposed to going in baseball where I wasn't allowed to hit people. You yeah. know, whatever. I, you I kept hitting people with pitches and they looked yes. out on that. <laughs> That's at least an ethos. Yes. It's something. It's something more than just like, I'm crazy and I'm from India. Like, like... <laughs> it's character Bible. One page. Crazy from India. And from India. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like Jordan Devlin, I'm a dick. I'm from Ireland. Yes. <laughs> 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 ethnicity plus adjective yeah yeah <laughs> what easy <laughs> the irish jerk yeah <laughs> he's, he's the... i'm trying to think of a random country that won't come off as horribly horribly <laughs> ethically insensitive but you know he's the <laughs> He's the Scottish nice guy, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, whatever, man. I just the the Greek liar. The Greek liar, yeah. <laughs> Marcos Pelopatos or whatever the guy called him. Yeah. I just uh, Chris, take me somewhere else, please. Uh, no, I it, it, it's it's brutal. Um, let's go over to the land of AEW Dynamite. Uh, yes. all right, so. I know, I know. We have a little bit of a debate here on the first quarter hour, um, okay. which featured Orange Cassidy versus Wardlow. Um, it just, to, I guess, surprise the audience here. Uh, I actually really enjoyed this match. I went in, I was like, "Oh, Orange Cassidy versus Wardlow." Wasn't really, you know, expecting a whole lot. Backstage promo of the best friends saying that they had gotten managers licenses, uh, thanks to Dan Housen did crack me up and, and basically like them going like oh yeah we know our boys totally screwed so we're just gonna try to relentlessly treat cheat i was just like yes hell yes i am here for this match but like it Wardlow needs to be kept strong he needs to be presented well i was you know like orange cassie versus Wardlow. that's weird you might have a dueling thing by setting up that cassie's gonna cheat they made sure that the audience was always with Wardlow, and they never actually wanted to see Cassidy win the match. They didn't want to see Cassidy, you know, cut Wardlow's 
thing short. Um, and then like what we proceeded to get was I thought a really good comedy match. Um, I I thought that the the best friends being not good at being heel cheating managers because they're not heels and they're not cheaters was very funny to me. The gimmick prop, the broken chainsaw. Like I, I love all this stuff. I thought it was delicious. Okay. Hold on. Cause I feel, I feel like you are building this case that I didn't like this match and that's not, you did. No, you didn't. You hated it. Cause the chainsaw was utterly ridiculous and fantastic. (laughs) It's like, it's that same, like, well, if it's no DQ, how come you don't bring a gun down to the ring? type of thinking it's so over the top it's it's ridiculous my issue and i liked the comedy in the beginning with the straps and the pockets all right that was that was good but this match went about five to seven minutes way too long than it should orange cassie should never gotten any heat whatsoever in any way after 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 the initial cheating he goes for the he goes for the orange punch wardlow catches him power bomb one two three i don't think you need the long segment outside where it looked like it looked like Wardlow was doing what you do when you're rehearsing moves when he was running into the post a couple yes. times yes and that I, was I, yeah I'll grant that I'll grant that the, the, the heat spot outside the ring um I don't okay I'll, I'll say this I where I disagree with you is I think Orange Cassidy because of the way he has been presented on this show for the last two years actually does even though yes Wardlow should get 70% of this match. Cassidy does need to get like a meaningful 30% to 35% of this match. Not to make it intriguing, but just to set up the idea that like, yeah, like Orange Cassidy is like a legitimate entity. At okay. the end of the day, Here, here's he's... my counterpoint then. Then Orange Cassidy should not be Wardlow's first title defense. I agree with that. I okay. I, I, okay. I, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have done Wardlow versus Cassidy as the first I would not I would fight. not have done that. No, an but like if this if this had yeah. been like week four of Wardlow defending the title this week, he was up against Cassidy. This is great. Yes. Like, like, yeah, this is like fi- fantastic. If this was the week four thing, yes. I mean, I, I think he could have beaten Trent in yeah. 30 seconds and it would have been fine to me. I didn't mm-hmm. need I don't I don't need a I don't need a long drawn out match with Trent at all. Right. Which, Chucky, but but that, that, guys are I, I think that's a that's a great that's a great point though to why Orange Cassidy needed to get some offense. Yeah, you you can and should beat both Chuck and Trent in like a minute thirty. Um, they they get a few forearms in, they get whipped off the ropes, they take a bad clothesline, they're selling, and they get power bombed. Yeah, Cassidy but this has is been the week. better than that. Yeah, but this is the week you need a mid card heel who who you don't care about, and you just yep. kill him. Yep. That's the first title defense. You know, get 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 one of the Pete Avalon stable guys. If you oh, want. yeah, the wing, get, no, the wingmen would have been great. You could, for have, this. you could have even gotten somebody from like the Hardy family office. Any or the, or now it's the Andrade, Andrade family, family office. office. Yeah, yeah. Now. You know, Anne Helico, Blade, <laughs> Blade. I mean, yeah, yeah. Or, or even if you want to make it more formidable, Butcher. Yeah, uh, Butcher actually would have. Yeah, Butcher would have been a great. Party person. here wouldn't have been that bad to put in here. Yep. Yep. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you you want to toss around a worm, you can do that. If you want to give him like a, a more formidable the bear country guys. Yeah, start good, yeah. start your new champ hot. Have yep. him murder death somebody in this new town that you're doing. And then and then start this show off with a bang. As about because the Savannah crowd they 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 liked what they liked, but they also were not interested in what they weren't interested in. Let's put it that way. Yeah, like they I, had I, they had no f's to give about Serena Deeb and Anna J, and neither did I, to be honest with you. No, I, yeah, right. No, I, 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 I don't, I don't fault them for that. Anna J uh, 
needs i i don't know what she's doing right now or if she's i I don't want to put this in the most negative light possible and i don't want to phrase it this way but i have not seen anna jay taking on indie bookings anywhere and that's a woman i think who needs to be working every weekend in a division and i think this is somebody who you rewarded with a contract who just decided this is the pinnacle of what i'm going to get and i'm not saying she's lazy i'm saying she needs to you could send her to a Japanese dojo. She's still young enough. Her and Ty Conti. Boy, that segment was death. Mm. But she is someone who's been green for three years and you've had on TV all three years. It might be time to tell her to start booking some more gigs to get some more of the in-ring time versus doing drills in a gym. That's what I'm saying. Uh, no, I'm dude quality control uh, with different performers and like what gets you on. Look, they have dark. They have they have elevation. Um, there is a place for people who are still trying to put it together on the ring and in, in, in the ring, and that shouldn't be happening on Dynamite. I'm sorry. I maybe I sound like an old man on this. Well, no, like- her squash matches are on dark and dark elevation. She, you know, she does these five minute things where she eventually gets her finisher, but it's not really. But that's anything where long she. That's out. where she is at skill level wise. Yes. Yeah. yeah and, and and I. I this is where I feel other women, some of whom are belt holders, are, are skill level wise as yeah. well. And you shouldn't be sucking it up on the main flagship show on a weekly basis. You should be working it out on your WCW Saturday nights, on your uh, your rampages, on your thunder. Like you should be working it out on the B show, um, not sucking it up on the A show. Um, the Chris Jericho promo, boy, this. W- was long did you not like, like it or did you like it right in the middle okay um yeah Jer- jericho jericho gets tired for me i just i, 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 I it's it was story time with jericho yeah it, it, it was almost you know he came out dressed and he's gonna be the pain maker and that's that's kind of cool Yes. I, I liked the it's, when i was 22 i won a barbed wire match so i'm good at this I get that. I get it's a little flaky, but at the same time, it's trying to belie the flakiness with a little bit of intensity. That's yeah. It, it, fake. The, the problem, the problem, especially. I mean, it to me, the disconnect here is this is the Jericho Sports Entertainment Society or the Jericho yes. Appreciation Society, but it's all about like sports entertaining, right? Um, and like Jericho should actually place no weight whatsoever on actual feats of toughness, like strong style should be a thing that like he thinks this character thinks is done by people who are stupid that idiots forearm each other in the face yes and that what makes him so smart and what makes this whole group so smart is they know how to entertain without blowing themselves you up don't, with- you don't see barbed wire matches on a tv pg program this is the time to bring that those kinds of lines out even though i don't necessarily like meta humor if the gimmick is going to be you're making fun of sports entertainers, then sports entertainers should not be eager to get in a barbed wire match. Right, and they should be espousing the values of sports entertainment yes. and, 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 yeah, all the time. Yeah. I don't we wash wanna... up my face so I can get commercials. Right, I, you know, I, I can still I can still get commercials. We, we, we wrestle in a way, you know, like I, I put on a show that the whole family can come and enjoy. You know who this should be? This should be like, uh, I'm going to go back to my old school time. This should be the, the Jimmy Garvin type of promo where he's, he's still pretty. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to get into like an Indian strap match or whatever with Wahoo McDaniel type of thing. But I might have to be tough, but 
I don't, don't, you can't hit me in the face. You know, those types of things. Yeah. I, I did like Eddie Kingston's promo responding. The only thing I don't like about Eddie Kingston is the constant, uh, the, the meta commentary of the powers that be are being unfair to me in the amount of time I'm getting. I'm, I'm tired of that part. Just cut your promo and get out of there. Cause I love his promos. I love him and Jay Briscoe. Jay no, Briscoe the, meta, the problem with the meta commentary is it is a Chekhov's gun that doesn't feel like it's yes. ever going to actually be paid off. I, I, I don't believe that there's a Kingston conspiracy going on right now. Oh, wow. like, 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 I don't believe that like people are working against Eddie Kingston to keep him like demobilized. Yes. This is not like, I, I this is not I don't MJF. believe Tony Khan is back there saying, okay, let's give Eddie Kingston only 30 seconds to get over while we give Chris three, three minutes in the ring in front of the audience type of thing. Right. Right. Um, no, no, I agree there. Uh, Kanosuke Takeshka versus John Moxley. I, I, don't get the point of having Moxley your top of the card champion right now in these like weird mid show matches. You want to have him in a match to close out a card um, like every other week or whatever. Totally fine. Great way to establish the interim title as meaning something. Having Moxley go up against a guy whose like name you're not entirely sure of uh, and you have to hear someone else pronounce before you're certain of it. Um, is not actually a thing that's elevating the title. Um, it, 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 like you need names that are well. If Mox is gonna have a match against people for the title, it needs to be against people who mean something. Um, and I thought that was kind of a prob- problem last week with Brody King, and I think that's even more of a problem this week with Tenosuke or Kanosuke Takeshka. Um, okay, match. Um, but. I don't like, dude. Honestly, I, I, you know, you, you were talking earlier. You thought Wardlow should have cut through Orange Cassidy. I think it really is. I mean, this whole thing's about establishing John Moxley. Takeshka should have gotten his ass handed to him by Moxley. Like, we should really establish that interim champion John Moxley is kind of a psycho killer. That like, like this guy, this guy's a beast. And so that we built some intrigue for when when Punk and Moxley finally like square up against each other. I mostly agree with your assessment i'm gonna push back a little bit because like they used to do this with flair sometimes where he'd get in the ring with like a tim horner or a brad armstrong this guy can really wrestle i'm gonna bring him up and that's kind of what they're doing with the cash to here because what 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 has happened is that match with hangman got him over with the powers that be with aew which is a good thing and now all the guys that are asking to to wrestle him he's in good Here's my pushback because I agree with you. I think, I think we need to establish the title as the best guy in the company and a guy who will run through people if he has to. I, I like that concept. Here, here's my other side of the coin thing. AEW has now done this with a number of people, and they even did this on the same show with Anna Jay in some way. There are these people who are very middle of the road in terms of are we going to push them or not? And, oh, they're young as superstars with potential type of thing. It's Jungle Boy, Nick Camarota's in here. Uh, Anthony Agogo was in here at one time. Wardlow was here for a while until he got the MJF feud, which was, which was fantastic. Uh, Darby's kind of above it right now, but he used to be in it. Um, uh, and, and Takeshita's right there, too. One of these people needs the big win, and they need it to be clean, to really shake up the system in terms of oh my god this guy's gonna be something 
it also sort of establishing anything can happen thing. Yes. So this isn't this is an interesting sort of counter take on this. So like there's the one narrative version where I'm like we need to make the interim champion really strong. So like John Moxley needs to be presented as a world killer. But another thing you could do with this interim title is use it as the surprise upset victory thing. So like have Kanosuke Takeshka beat John Moxley, become interim champion. Yeah, he loses to Punk eventually, but you now have established that like. Yeah, some of these young guys on the come up can actually come up. Yes, that's what I want. I'm I'm tired of the they have potential, and they are Dante Martin's another one. It's like they put them in all these high profile matches, and you think they're going to get the rub just by being in the ring, and that's not how you get it anymore because people are savvy to that. They have to win one of these. Like if Dante Martin had beaten Adam Cole clean, what would that hurt Adam Cole really? Because you know he's going to get his heat back eventually. And it's one of those things where with, with Takeshita, you already had the thing where if he wins, he gets a title shot somewhere down the road. It doesn't have to be against Moxley. It could be against, say, MJF when he wins the title or whatever. You can keep that in your back pocket for later. He doesn't, that's it doesn't that's have the other to be problem the with these week. like eliminator things, yes. too. Is it like... Uh, it just makes these matches really low stakes, and it creates... I, I'm sorry, like, why is the champion fighting in an elimination eliminator match yes uh, why isn't the champion just defending the title why do we need to have this like why yeah he he could be sitting outside ringside during an eliminator match and this was my problem with the thunder rosa ending because the thunder rosa ending did nothing for that title contender it was nope. just it was a, it was a fluke type of thing yep. whereas a strong clean finish as a little makes you go oh when she goes for the title she could win this thing and in Rose's promo sort of even put it over more. It's like, well, that was just a fluke thing. We'll see what happens when you really have to. Yeah, it, like, yes. it just, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Not, it not doesn't much. help either person in the, in the, in the story, no. so to speak. Yeah. Christian cage. Um, this, this promo, I, I mean, look, there, there's, there's something here with the characterization of this guy hating like these privileged young sons, like, like, <laughs> No, like there is. This is a right? nice counter narrative. I have never heard this one, but please go ahead. No, there's, like there is. There's something there, like the Christian Cage thing. Like, like, like what bothers him is the bad like, guy it, with a point. Yes, that he kind of hates these privileged sons a little bit. Um, I kind of get that. Um, but like, dude, like most of this other stuff, it's working with Brian Pillman Jr. seems to just be death for whoever has to do it, and then. The Jungle Boy Griff Garrison thing was goofy. Like, like it, it was almost creepy. Felt, almost, to, to it the almost felt of, like it was played for laughs a little bit yes. too. It's like, okay, we we put him in this photo shoot just to get the shot of him to looking like Jungle Boy because he looks like Jungle Boy. But I also think Griff Garrison is a little bit better than Jungle Boy in some 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 areas. I mean, having watched some of his indie stuff, yeah, I I do too. He's a uh, bigger, taller, more muscular Jungle Boy. Yeah. Uh, and if anything, I don't know that it really helps Jungle Boy to be compared to Griff Garrison. Exactly. <laughs> no, 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 you have the size, you have the the unfavorable size and strength comparisons to Garrison, and then like it, it also unfavorable is Griff Garrison has been presented as a lower tier guy, and when you compare Jungle Boy to a lower tier guy like J Griff Garrison, and he looks like griff garrison's younger brother it makes you think of jungle boy as lower tier yes um, i 
I, I, I continue to believe I, I'm like, a, I'm a big Christian fan, both in the ring and on the microphone. So I continue to believe that he can write the ship here, but, um, I also have to call the week to week as I see it. And like the week to week, in my opinion, kind of stinks. Here is how you save this for me, at least. Because I find the, the, the kind of like, I like, look, suit coat and turtleneck, perfect heel outfit. I'm sorry, it is. It's a great heel outfit. Now he has to wrestle in like the turtleneck, but no sleeves. <laughs> he has to take the jacket off. And that needs to be his in ring attire because we need to lighten up Christian just a little bit here. Uh, I'm a little done with the dead dad stuff. I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of like, you know, Pillman, it, it's cool because there, there was that weird. In the promo, there's a weird tinge of respect for Brian Pillman because, of course, he was part of Team Canada at one time. So, you know, Christian being a fine Canadian athlete that he is should have some respect for him. But well, just... and the man, the man accomplished on his own, unlike this Brian Pillman yes. Jr. who's riding yes. on his father's laurels. I, I feel bad for Brian Pillman Jr. Because he's not because because, man, that this is, is a bad promo. That, well, yes. And, it, it, you know, it's like comparing Curtis Axel to his father. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Even though Curtis Axel had something, he had some, he had a weird personality that I liked, and I thought he never got his due because no, they the were whole... so busy trying to make him like Mister Perfect too. Um, and he's no, they so weren't. Up... That they were fighting against that. That was part of the problem. Is that they were so hard up to not say that he was, you know, the, part of the legacy of Perfect here, and you know, oh, he's Axel. Well, they did initially when they presented him. Yes, because he was part of the Fortunate Son slash. You know, that, that second generation stuff. No, and but then, even when they brought him up as Curtis Axel and they had him go up against Hunter, they, they, yes. they, they the did count out, the count out win for the IC title or whatever. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. they were, they were sort of like pushing the, he is the son of Mr. Perfect thing. And then when they abandoned ship on him, they abandoned ship on that as well. Can I go back to a promo that yeah. made me angry? Yeah, you can. Dr. Britt Baker DMD is back. And they did the sandbag joke. And I was mad. This is the type of stuff I want edited out. Unless you, I, I don't want it mentioned. If you've got to do this, it can be a visual gag within the, within the concept of, hey, we're, we're doing this promo from behind a bunch of sandbags, but we're never going to mention that there's a sandbag here. You know, I need to talk about thunderstorm and do the same kind of line. I can, I can, I can fit this into kayfabe. But to bring up this this internet drama, internet bubble crap that that it only feeds 10% of your 900 or may, maybe a little bit more than 10%, let's say 15 to 20% of the people who watch AEW week to week are in tune with what Fightful or Wrestling Inc. or PW Insider is reporting about the internal drama between Marina Shafir and others on the roster and Thunder Rosa. Like, and this also gets to this question of how do you present sandbagging in a world of kayfabe in yes. a way that it makes any sense at exactly. all? Exactly. Like, well, like tried, oh, you they, see they, they Thunder tried. Rosa. Yeah, oh, they did, yeah. With, with the, you, you, you try and carry her for a month. Although even that's not even kayfabe world necessarily. So, yeah. No, no. It, it, I mean, it, yeah, it's like, how do you work in? I she wouldn't cooperate with me on a vertical suplex into yeah. a world. Of, I, I just it's silly. That's um, stuff that needs to be settled in the ring with a potato shot. That's yep. what that needs to be done. Yep. You know, those are not, those not, are not receipts. on the internet, not on message yeah. boards where you can be a tough person. No, 
punch somebody in the face if they say thank you and then see what she does. Because, you know, that, that's how, well, I mean, I hate to say it, that's how it used to be back in my day. But yes, that's how it used to be handled. All this crap was handled behind the scenes or in the ring. And you knew what it was happening at the time, but you know, you know, you kind of, it kind of uh, helped your enjoyment of the match a little bit. Mm. And then what else happened on the show? Oh, the, the, the main event, um, the Young Bucks versus Ricky Starks and Swerve in Our Glory. Little surprised by the finish on this one. Um, I thought it's, it's, it felt like Swerve and Keith Lee had been like kind of cruising to a feud, but I think we're going to do a belt run with them first before we cruise to that feud. There was a bit of a Keith Lee cryptic tweet that day where he says, God didn't get the best news in the world today. Just knowing whatever happens, I'm doing this for my brothers. Don't know if it was a little kayfabe on the, uh, on the, um, you know, just, just to work the internet a little bit possible. It did. Uh, very surprised by this. Cause I thought they were building up for young bucks FTR for all the gold. Yes. Yes. If they're not. It's possible they're building up FTR, Young Bucks, maybe the Briscoes, and maybe Swerve in our glory for a four-way for all the gold. I could see or that as a possibility. You could have Swerve screw over Keith Lee in that FTR match. Yeah, you know? but this goes this goes to, to the ending of the match, which drove me nuts too. When, when Swerve has the title and he's looking at Keith Lee as if he's going to nail Keith Lee in the middle of this match. It's like, no, you're signed for this match to go after the tag titles. Now is not the time to do which seemed utterly ridiculous, but I did like the second half of that thing where he goes, nope, I'm going to win this clean because that's how you would do it. I, I like I like moral ambiguity and, and struggling with it. I just found that part a little ridiculous at the time, but I liked this match. I liked, uh, I, I, look, I'm with everybody else. I loved the top rope spot with Starks and, uh, was it Nick Jackson? Yeah. Doing the time where, where, yeah. where Starks is just really concentrating on walking the rope and being, doing a strut and looks up and it's like there's a guy right there. That was great. Keith Lee, this was obviously a showcase for him. I loved the Somerset plancha was uh, was something coming from a guy that size. I was. Uh, it is. It, he's he's incredible. He really he really like he really is. It's crazy what he is able to do athletically. It really is. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like was they, they brought back the spot, and I think it was, was it Moxley and Takeshita who did this with each other? The uh, the shoulder block into shoulder block into shoulder block into shoulder mm -hmm. block spot mm -hmm. back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think they should have saved that for Hobbs and uh, Hobbs and Keith Lee. But look, I, I thought, you know, if you're going to put the belts on everybody, I thought it would be Starks and Hobbs because I think, Dude, they've been doing the best work of anybody. Right. And like it just it just feels like those two guys really could both benefit from increased relevance in the card, being that sneaky heel tag team that like comes out and just like kind of racks up wins on baby faces week after week after week. And like you sort of feel like a little bit under the radar. And then like, yeah, you can build up to a great match with FTR and Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. And I think that'd be a great match. So we're recording this before. Um rampage and smackdown uh i like i think i said this last week i like the gresham tully team a lot mm -hmm. turns out brian cage is still a part of tully blanchard enterprises for the shirt so it's like three big meaty hosses and jonathan gresham i think that's kind of cool as a stable 
Uh, anything on Raw that <laughs> got you? Because there was nothing on Raw. No, no, there isn't. I, I mean, the one thing is, since we haven't we haven't gotten to see Rampage yet, I I just hope that we get a compelling answer as to why Daddy Ass will no longer scissor <laughs> with the acclaimed. I will tell you something to watch if you haven't. I don't know if I sent this to you, but the uh, the Briscoes FTR sit down was pretty good. I mean, look, Jay Briscoe. God bless him. Pay the man his money. Let him bring him back. He has repented. He has done his best. He's gone out there and done the work to repent for bad things said. Didn't do anything illegal. He said something stupid. Let him make money now. Because God, I love the Briscoes. And they just cut the best promos because it's that it's that. Angry violence combined with stupid violence <laughs> between Jay and Mark, and they play off each other so well. I am this, this match is, uh, is gonna. I'm, I'm actually have to buy this this pay per view, Chris, because I'm liking a lot of these matches now. The, the two out of three falls between FTR and the Briscoes, I am here for it. That's gonna be that's gonna be a great match. You know yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, but okay, let's end with this then, because this is an interesting uh, thing that. Uh, Ended up on the cutting room floor because my dynamite show got lost in the cloud. Uh, between um, the four normal pay-per-views at AEW, now you have the ROH pay-per-views and you have the Forbidden Door special one. Is this too much in terms of the pay-per-view stuff? Because we say it all the time. There's there's an there's an issue with the storytelling, once you get a lot of pay-per-views in there, Ring of Honor is muddying the water somewhat. You can leave the Forbidden Door as kind of a super card without a lot of great build, although you kind of need it. Right. It's that's, I mean, that's where I'm with you. It's like, yes, you could have narrative stories for the big four, but like, we're already starting to see this problem where like, yeah, you actually do need to have a story even for your new Japan show. Um, and especially if you're going to start having reliable ring of honor shows and reliable new Japan shows, you should start angles with both of these companies, AEW versus new Japan, AEW versus ring of honor. Um, that these rosters kind of hate each other. There's a little bit like competition resentment and that these are like little battles in a, in a war that will be kind of continuing on. Um, the faces of the troops will change over time, but there's a continual war between AEW and the, you know, these other two partners or whatever. Um, I think those need to be storylines. And then you have your big main roster storylines too. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, think, I, think, I think there's enough of a problem on the main roster storylines to last yep. because, because they rely on the goodwill of this is going to be a good match. Yep. They and, sure do. And I'd like to see some of the heat amped up a little bit more in some of these, in some of these feuds. And the other goodwill that they rely on too, is that like, Hey, you've always respected Adam Cole's work or who yes. you name. You've always respected Kenny Omega's work. So like, what do you mean that this angle is not very good? Or what do you mean that's pretty, you know, like, like, but you've always respected them. Yeah. You know, it's they're, they're sort of like the build is stunk, but at least you're going to get a good match. Right. That's the, uh, that, I mean, uh, how many times have you heard that defense of AEW? And then they put on a great card and all is forgiven. You put it right. They put on a great match. All is forgiven. But that, that to me, honestly is still a problem. The audience shouldn't actually be forgiving of, a, a, a good match with a bad build is still to me a bad program. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, I won't remember the match as well because the, the build was so bad. Right. Like, like 
I don't, it's, it's weird for me. And maybe it's a generational gap between today's wrestling fan and me. And I, and I, I'm perfectly willing to accept that, but I look totally Magnum, my favorite match ever gritty, violent. Everybody who watches it tends to love it a lot. But for me, part of that is remembering all the promos they were cutting on each other and the angles where Magnum dresses up as a police officer and handcuffs baby to all the screw over Tully and things like that. All those little things that then add up to this moment. You know, it's why I think one of the modern, best modern things done by WWE was Bailey and Sasha in NXT. Because you gave, Bailey had, got, was on a losing streak. She goes, she beats all the people who were pushed ahead of her to get this title run. She's now going against her arch rival for the title and she overcomes. And it was just, it was just fantastic storytelling. And you get that sometimes, but oftentimes they find something that gets in the way of it. Like the MJF Wardlow thing, which probably should have been triggered about six months earlier than it was type of thing. Hangman and any of his stories that were just, it was like a two week feud and that was it as opposed to building to something. I'm, I'm a little concerned. I mean, I, and I'm concerned because of growth. I'm not concerned. Oh, AEW is going to fail because of this. No, they're they're fine right now. They're they're they have a nice built-in one million or so audience of that. But in order to transcend, in order to be the big bad boy on the block, instead of relying on WWE to shoot itself in the foot because obviously their business model is Teflon, you got to shore up some of the weaknesses, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think with CM Punk. And that little blip on the ratings chart the one time, you see what the potential ceiling is here. Like if you could get if you could get something hot going, you probably could pop. What did they pop with that CM Punk week? Like 1.5 or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You could I, I think that's possible. I really do. But the way to your point, the way you get numbers like that is not hope that WWE shoots themselves in the foot while you keep doing the same old, same old. Um, it, it has got to be thinking about how to make stuff that is white hot um, and really ma- making making angles and programs that people want to see. Um, yes. Quotable lines. Also. Quotable lines. Yeah, no, man, I've talked about that one a lot, dude. Like, actually, one of the biggest problems for AEW that I that I see, or it's like not like the biggest problem, but like it is a problem. Is that like there really aren't any AEW catchphrases that have managed to make it through the mainstream yet. Or at least, or at least, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to cut the S on a t-shirt or anything. Tony, you know. Oh, Tony cut the shit. Oh, come on. Like that's, it's a, Jake, it's it's a, Jake for, Car- a forced tagline as opposed no, to. No, no, that, that is Jade yeah. Cargill reaching for anything. Yes, that, that, that is WWE. Yeah, yeah no. That, I, I, trying to get it on a t-shirt so I can get out there. Yeah, no, I agree. Let's, let's end it there. Uh, let's been shake them ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. You can follow me and my, Inanity on at crap game 13. He is Chris Novembrino. You can follow him on Twitter at DWATG. DWATG stands for don't worry about the government. Patreon.com. No, it's don't worry.tv. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, don't Chris- worry.tv, but it's also patreon.com slash DWATG. Good news, people. Since Elon Musk, unlike when he gets women pregnant, was not able to get the job done on closing the deal with Twitter, I will be staying on twitter at least for the time being you can follow me at dwatg you can also subscribe to don't worry about the government at patreon.com slash dwatg there was i put up a premium episode for members only uh last week and i will be going in to talk about 
a lot of news this week here, whether it's Saudi Arabia, um, whether it is Iran, whether it is domestic stuff, uh, the case out of Ohio, lot to talk about. And you'll be able to hear that all over at don'tworry.tv. And of course, if you want to go back into our archives on our Patreon, patreon.com slash shake them rubs for a buck. You can see all the special shows that we record back in the day and all the high wattages that Chris has recorded as well. High wattage. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.